Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Okay, thank you, thank you. We have a long three days ahead. Years from now, you'll be standing around a posh cocktail party congratulating yourself on how you spent an entire weekend locked in a room with an asshole from Hollywood for your art. I am pathetic. I am a loser. So... What is the substance of writing? I have failed. I am panicked. First, I have sold out. I am worthless. I, uh, what the fuck am I doing here? What the fuck am I doing here? Fuck. It is my weakness. My ultimate lack of conviction that brings me here. Easy answers. Rules to shortcut yourself to success. And here I am, because my jaunt into the abyss brought me nothing. Well, isn't that just the risk one takes for attempting something new? I should leave here right now. I'll start over. I need to face this project head on and... And God help you if you use voiceover in your work, my friends. God help you. It's flaccid, sloppy writing. Any idiot can write voiceover narration to explain the thoughts of a character. Okay, that's it. One hour for lunch. Stephanie started a new job. She's got a gun. <laughs> She's kidding. Shut that sucker in the gum pit. On January 27th. I have no food in my fridge and a car I can no longer afford. She wants to be a badass recovery agent. I could do this. Catherine Heigl is <laughs> Stephanie Plum. Recovery agent. Based on the best-selling novel. Joe Morelli skipped out on Dale. Hookers, they always know something. If you want more information from Lula, you gotta bring her a snack. A snack? I'm hungry. She may not have a clue. What are you not It's in my car. Is that guy naked? Fresh air is good for the boys. But she'll give it her best shot. Yeah. Oh boy. You know, we got this good cop, bad cop thing going. Set with hookers. Oh, come on. I'm gonna lose my towel. No, no, no. You know what? Keep the wheels dirty and taking the towel. You look great, by the way. One for the money. They blew up our car. Excuse me, whose car? Your car. You want it back? Rated PG-13. Catch it January 27th. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Uh, hello, everybody. 
I just want to, uh, you know what? I want to point something out real quick. I just want to, uh, I want to point out to uh, everyone that the new opening of our show is awesome. And if Scott can unmute his mic, I'm un- I'm unmuted. I'm listening. Oh, okay. I'm being- all right. All right. All right. You're I didn't starting. hear. I'm- just because I didn't like just jump out and say something stupid and mumble and ruin what you're going to say doesn't mean I'm not unmuted. Okay. It usually uh, does, but in this case, <laughs> I, I just want to uh, point out to everybody that the new opening of the show is fantastic, and uh, Scott is the one that did it. Not that that should be a surprise to anybody, I, but I, I, uh, I, I, I don't I don't need praise, sir. I just need your 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 uh, approval, your presence, <laughs> like approval, presence. yeah, your approval. Um, but I don't need your praise. And and I saw that you you put in the scene from uh, Legion in there with the big mouth, the opening. I did that just for you. I, I knew you did. You. I knew you did. <laughs> like I can't do it without that. I can't. And unfortunately, I happen to have that in my library. So yeah, <laughs> I know you do. I don't. I refuse. I still haven't watched it though. So <laughs> I've seen. Let's. I've seen enough here and there. I have. I've never watched it beginning to end. But I've, I've seen, seen the trailer. Enough. That's enough. That that's the movie right there. It really is. So. But uh, is. Uh, it, do we have anybody out there in Radio Land to, to, to let us know if the audio is coming through okay? Uh, nobody's in the chat room at the moment. Uh, however, okay. I, I will tell you that I don't want to worry you. I couldn't hear the stuff, uh, the opening videos. I could not hear them, but they are on playing on live stream. You could hear them there. Fine. You couldn't hear them. I couldn't, but I could hear it on live stream. I had it playing on live stream. Oh, I see. All right. Can you hear this? Just So, so... Can I hear what? The what I just played. What did you just play? I just the music from the film because I have the Try movie playing in the background. Try it again. Nope. No. But it's all coming. It's all coming up. It's broadcasting fine, so we're good. All right. So when we do uh, strangers, um, we I'll have to make sure you can hear it. Obviously, because yes. it's a big part of the show. Yes. Although but of I don't course, have right now we're as doing much. <laughs> yes, I don't have as much audio as I'd like for that tonight. But just nothing's really happening. Anyway. This week. Anyway. <laughs> to, to go Enough completely tech off talk, topic. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I challenged you this, to this one for the money. Number, this one seventeen. Number one seventeen, and we're yes, and uh, you challenged me to one for the money. Uh, which is the adaptation of the Janet Ivanovich uh, novel by the same um, name? Yeah. Now and uh, now now you and why did you challenge this to me? What I challenged this to you because I all I kept thinking about when when watching VR Wachowski was this movie, this character because of the whole bounty hunter thing, and it's it's all I kept thinking. That it was mm-hmm. also based on, on on novels, just like the Warshawski character. That right. she was female, and you know, uh, one is more you know uh, Kathleen Turner's characters, you know, tough as nails. But I could see this character, if done correctly, would get to that tough as nails stature down the line, um, like Warshawski is right out right out of the gate. Well, that, that's one of the saving graces of the Stephanie Plum character is that they're not trying to pull a tough girl in a man's world situation. They're just trying to take a woman and put her uh, that that has no tough guy 
um, machismo wannabe tendencies and thrusting her into the role of a of a uh, bounty hunter right so you have that now i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this uh since you've never read the books and i actually read the first four or five novels uh way back when i'm going back maybe 10 years now and and i have questions i have questions or a question at least a question uh about that because you have Mm -hmm. read them my my gut feeling and tell me if i'm right my gut feeling is from watching this film the dialogue is pretty fucking bad you know things like we're ancient history, baby. Like the like the, the, the like pyramids. The pyramids. <laughs> I can see that being written in the book, and I can see someone reading the book finding that funny and chuckling. Whereas on screen, it does nothing. Yes. The, the, now, a but lot my of point the, is, yeah, the dialogue in the film is bad. And it mm-hmm. seems to me like a lot of the dialogue is taken right from the book, which in turn means to me that the books are bad. Or at I'm, least I'm poorly not, written. Well, not poorly written. I'm not going to knock Janet Ivanovich as a writer. As I said, I read five or six of the novels in the series, yeah. which means I like them to an extent. Okay. So I was, let's, let's say that. Let's give that preface. What I will say is that... Uh, much of what you, majority of what you see on screen is actually in the books. Some minor things have been changed. Uh, for example, when she, when she, uh, well, I'm not even into that. Very minor stuff. Not even worth mentioning, really. Okay. Uh, minor plot things, minor character things. But the characters you see on screen are in the book. A lot of the dialogue, I would say most of the dialogue that you see on screen is in the book. And I think it belies two truths. One is that there is a huge difference between written dialogue and perform dialogue. Okay. And there's a difference between how something is perceived when you read it and fill the image in your own head and how when somebody takes that image and slaps it on the screen and tells you this is what it looks like and sounds like and tastes like. Because my wife reads these books as well, and whenever she's belly laughing, I know it's because something crazy that grandma did. Now, All right? this, is where, this is where I'm going to get to. Let's let's talk about the dinner sequence. Okay. Where Grant where, where Grandma shoots the turkey. Yes. Now. I'm sure that comes I, across exactly the same in the book. No, it does not come exactly in in the book. It's actually funny. <laughs> and there's a reason now. A lot. Some of the. Let, let me just let me just say right off the bat, the movie is worse than the book. And the main problem, what? Of course it is. Not not always not always that case. The book isn't the always main, better, but I mean, the there's so many problem, there indicators. The main problem uh-huh. is that the characters are cliche in the book and in the movie. You don't have black prostitutes, you know, fat black prostitutes running around and everybody talking like the Jersey. Oh, my mother, my mother, I'm five minutes late, so of course she thinks I'm dead now. You don't have <laughs> that kind of cliche New Jersey, but and we'll talk about the accent later. Oh, um, please. <laughs> we, no, we'll, we'll save that. Yes. You don't have that kind of stuff and not make it cliche. Uh, in the books, it works because as a writer... Janet Ivanovich knows how to set the tone and convey humor. That see, the, and let's let's break down the whole scene. You've got the kvetching mother, you've got the father, and you've mm-hmm. got crazy grandma. In the book, at least for me reading it, 
grandma's older and less of a golden girl. If you were going to pick a golden girl, she's the old, old golden girl. Oh, she's, In my, uh, she's the, ma- the mother from Sicily. Yeah, <laughs> Sicily, the, picture it. Yeah, the grandmother in in the movie, played by uh, played by Debbie Reynolds, is not the is not the frail, feisty character she, I saw in the. What? She's basically Blanche <laughs> from the Golden Girls, not yeah, the, not she's the mother. Blanche. Right, but not the mother, and and that's who I expect. Somebody older and more able to get away with, you know. When he, when he says she should be in a home, she shouldn't look at her. She should. Would you look at her and say she belongs in a home? She He'll doesn't know. look much she older should... than the father. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe exactly. by ten so, years. <laughs> now maybe all the all the women that all the old ladies that play those cantankerous old ladies, maybe they're all finally dead, and we have finally. Don't have a fresh <laughs> he said, what? "Finally, ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> You said finally dead. (laughs) Well, you get my point. She's not the character I read in the book. Now the hammered at home. The father is played as a very. The father's played in the book. Now I would imagine. No, no, don't don't cut me off on this. I got I got to get a couple of this out. Go go ahead. ahead. I I, I apologize. I just want to get through this. And and I got to say, Jenna Ivanovich has signed off on this movie. Say, oh. Yes, this movie was just like how it should have been and everything. Don't believe it for a second. No. She and all the other authors in the world learned from Anne Rice's mistake. When she started bitch-talking about uh, an interview with a vampire, saying how it would be horrible and everything, and, and Hollywood came down on her like a ton of bricks and said, Listen, bitch, this is your fucking franchise we're selling. You better fucking sell it. And she ended up having to go and take out a full-page ad in Variety saying, Oh, you know, I just saw the dailies, and I was wrong. Tom Cruise is the perfect selection. And, Janet Ivanovich and- is no... Janet Ivanovich is no fool. Yeah. She's like, oh no, no, this is exactly she's exactly the person I would have picked to play. Now when I write whatever I write, I think of her in it. You know what? She's she's protecting her investment. Why should she give a shit if the movie sucks anyway? The books are what sells, not her movie. So right. I'm not criticizing there. And, and, but the and father. You, what, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to no, briefly no. mention about the Anne Rice thing. I mean, the interview with the vampire was a gigantic hit. Yet there mm-hmm. were no more movies with Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise after that. And I and I wonder if if it was Hollywood's way of saying "fuck you, bitch." <laughs> I don't know. But I I don't know. They did Maybe. another film with the same character, different a different actor playing him, but that was Which years one? later. That Which was, was that? um, oh fuck, he was the guy from uh, *Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen*. He played uh, the proper guy. Movie. The, was that? The, the was movie. it direct? I, no, no, no. It was, was theater. It? Yeah. I don't recall that. It was with uh, Aaliyah. She was the singer. Oh, the uh, actress that, oh, that one. Yeah, that she ended up passing the away. Dam. Was her the last dam. film? The, the Damned. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. And that's that was yeah. Lestat. That was you know, and that's it. Out. As far as the Lestat that was, character, that's that it. Was a little budget, wasn't it? It was, but yeah. it went the, theatrical. Yeah, okay. of course, of course. But uh, it got a lot of a lot of attention because it, it was her last film. I think her name is Aaliyah or Aaliyah or whatever it is. I, uh, um, yeah. But it was her last film uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. she was actually decent. She was actually good in it. You know, things like that. But mm-hmm. if, she, if Anne Rice didn't do what she did, like you said, there could have been a few more films that would have had Possibly. the star power of Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Yeah. And, I, you, know, you know what? I, I, I'd want to look back further and, and even look at that time period and, and see if they were they if they were actually franchise building the way they do now, 
uh, where the minute one the one is like even close to a hit, they're already doing three movies ahead. I don't know on. if they're in the mind frame at that point in time. I'm just saying. It came, it came out in 94. But 94 is... Yeah, 94 it's, it's, doesn't seem that far back to you and I until you stop and think how old you are now. Yeah, it's 20 years almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that has to sink in. Let that sink in, Joey. That's like almost... That's almost a generation. <laughs> so... All right, back but, to the you know, father. You were saying... Anyway... And the father, the father in the book, is very stoic, and and they even make him more of a stereotype in in the movie. Where where in the film, like when the whole thing happens with the turkey, like he doesn't like it. it the, the comedy comes from his restraint, where he doesn't say anything. He just like he goes red, but just sits there and doesn't say a word, and he hardly says a word. When he and when he does, mm-hmm. it, it, he was nothing. It just and you see throughout the film these characters where it's almost like the characters they like the, who, who uh, the now the director was. Um, Forgettable. Uh, who was, it was uh, uh, Julie Ann Robinson. Right, and and she had done a lot of TV shit before that. Oh yeah, they they really you know, they, they really yeah, relied she, on her. So, and you know what? Look, just just glancing at at uh, her uh, resume, the film feels like a made-for-TV movie because the characters and everything are so sitcom ready. So so. Yeah, everything. Just, just, this is her. This is her only film. Oh, I'm sorry. She did the last song. She did the last song. Yeah, and, and one for the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the this last is, song is. Oh, it really that, comes through that the director is a t- made a Miley TV director. Cyrus? I have no idea. I, I would. I wouldn't tell you. I'm not even gonna look. But it, it really comes across as a TV directing. It really has. It's that level of sophistication where we can't even. And, and again, the novels. It's it's supermarket paperbacks. We're not talking deep stuff. It's not, it's not uh, Pulitzer winning or whatever. Right. It's, it's not deep literature. It's a fucking and it's not meant to be. Again, I read a bunch. I liked it. It was fun, but it's just when you take out the the uh, the talent involved in the writing process as far as how to set a char- how to create a character and set them, you you really can feel that the only stuff that survived to the screen were the situations and the characters and the dialogue and the names and what didn't survive was that talent for making you interested in a character and care about them and that's really the director's fault for the most part uh probably i would blame the screenplay as well and considering that there's three screenwriters uh it it, there's probably enough blame to spread around and all three of them are women too and (laughs) i I, now I don't think that having three women writing a screenplay is a bad thing, but I think if you're doing a movie like this and you think that only a woman can write a movie like this, we're not talking about the Joy Luck Club here. No, agreed. The, so I, I immediately think, okay, they purposely went out of their way to find only female screenwriters. That's my yeah, guess. I was, I was just going to say that because the books are geared towards women, and they—I don't know if they thought that was good PR. Now, I mean, the, now the books were geared towards women, but only in the sense that it was a female lead character. I read the books, and yeah. as uh, you know, so uh, yes, popular with women because it's a female character, it's a female author who also wrote softcore porn too, or rom- sorry, romance novels. So you have that <laughs> angle to it, but again, when you're adapting, you're not translating anything. What you're trying to do is take a whole book and shrink it down to an hour and a half. And there's an artistry to that, and there's an artistry to trying to do on screen what you are able to do easier in a book, which is convey information 
without having the characters describe it. And one of the ways you get around that when you're not a good screenwriter is to have voiceover. And there's a lot of that in this film. I mean, to the point of where the one scene that stands out the most, the, the most, is when she's talking to uh, Fisher Stevens, where he breaks into that, or he comes into the house, he steals her keys, and mm-hmm. she, she tells him, God is going to punish you for this. Then the scene happens, and then the voiceover is, well, I told him God was going to punish him. And then... Mm-hmm. The next scene is she's talking to her 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 cousin's husband, and he says God was gonna put. It's three times in a row, right? Including now, the voiceover. In the book, that works because it all it doesn't all doesn't happen on the same page. That that happens, but there's all this other stuff happening, and then when they condense it, no one says, "Well, you know, the joke doesn't really sell that well because we're just kind of laying it one after the other." And the, the voiceover is ludicrous. There, you know, there's a, uh, sometimes she just describes what she's doing. You know, I mean, I mean, scenes well, like where she co- well, now like, here here's where it's supposed to be funny, but all it does is illustrate how useless the voiceover is in the first place. Mm-hmm. Is when she pulls up to the house and says, "I'm five minutes late," so of course my mother thinks I'm dead. And she drives up, and then she walks up, and mother says, "There you are, Stephanie. I thought you were dead." Says, "It's only been five minutes, ma." Okay, now it's funny because you repeated it, and they do it like two or three times in the movie. Right, but all you did is show us that what she just did voiceover for was pointless because you can can convey that with character interaction. It's called yeah. screenwriting. If they just left the voiceover out, the scene would have went over much better. Right, and also some of stuff they did keep from the book, you don't have to. That's why it's called an adaptation. If it doesn't work on the pay, on the screen, take it out. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and 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 another thing with the the voiceover, one of the thing, one of the scenes where after her uh, her her star witness uh, gets killed, uh, mm-hmm. show I believe, and she you could tell because she's acting that she's you know visibly bothered by it and angry, but they have to use the voiceover of her saying now this means war. It's like you get that. Mm-hmm. In her reaction, in her face, it's like, why are you voicing that over? You don't need to do it. And they do it, like like we were talking about a minute ago, consistently throughout the... In- from beginning to end, there is probably voiceover every two minutes. Mm-hmm. I would say that two minutes does not go by without a voiceover. It's all wasted. It's not... I mean, and you, you right now, you and I could probably run down a list of films where voiceover was not only uh, uh, necessary but integral to the movie itself. I mean, Memento springs to mind. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, Shawshank Redemption, Memento. Right. Um, th- those are the two biggies for me, like that I could, mm-hmm. in a heartbeat, yeah, you don't really need voiceover in Shawshank. American, American Beauty, kind of. American Beauty, yeah. I think it, I, th- I think it would have been just as fine without it, but it, it doesn't hurt it. Yeah. Uh, you know, then you but get they, stuff like. But it's not overused. I think voiceover no, it can be okay if it's not overused. Where it's not overused in Shawshank, it's mm-hmm. used, you know, to to you know portray some things. In Memento, same thing. Uh, American Beauty, same thing. In this, it is just abused. Whenever, it, yeah, it, it's they use the the assumption is, and you can see it in the film too, because the assumption is okay. We have to convey a lot of information in a short time period. So we're going to have the voiceover introduce the character and introduce all the stuff. And literally, if you just took that movie and ripped the, 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 
the uh, voiceover out of it and watched it and had someone watch it without the voiceover, I guarantee you, there it's not a hard plot to follow, folks. <laughs> There's yeah. not a lot of twists and turns. It's pretty this straightforward. So if vanilla. you don't know, who, yeah. If you if you don't know who the kid, but again, that's it's, that's the point. It, like you're reading it for the characters. You're not reading it for the detective novel. Right. Uh, but if you showed someone this movie and you took that narration out, I guarantee you there'd be no confusion whatsoever, and nothing would play differently. There'd be no, there'd be there there'd be nothing that like either wasn't as funny. Not that anything in this was funny. And, and that's the, like, and that's why I, that's why I, I, I have to point out that dinner table scene because that when I saw it in the trailer, I knew they fucked this film up because the, yeah. they've got she the, belongs in a home, <laughs> right? Just just the worst acting, just the worst uh, Papa uh, Papa Giuseppe acting. You know, now yeah, we're we're gonna get to that. We are yeah, gonna I know get we are. to that. <laughs> I know we are, and and the camera. Is it's like oh all right we're we're gonna the humor is gonna be from the back and forth so the camera's dead center in the table and every time someone talks it cuts to the other person so it's a quick cut back and forth like we're going around the room and it 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 doesn't heighten the humor it's actually just a bit amateurish and yeah and then no, later on during during the gun scene uh, they picked a three quarter view. Instead of doing that again, so they can show Grandma playing with the gun the entire time. No, it. You you just you wish you could be a fly on a wall when they make these decisions, and. Just, no, no, I don't think there are any decisions to make. I, I I think it was just a matter of of this is a situation you, where, where translating the film to screen, uh, literal, but the sorry the book to film literally, uh, was just. Too. Uh, too faithful. So, yeah, I guess I yeah. So except, wait a except, minute. So well, hold on a second. I, then wh why except, do people that? I'm sorry, but I'm saying, but except in the casting again, Grandma cast wrong. Well, yeah. uh, the lead character, uh, uh, Catherine Hagel, is. Eh, let's 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 underline this right Hagel. now. In the Hagel. book, Stephanie Plum's character is constantly agonizing about her weight. People constantly make co uh, comments about her big hips. She's not fat, but she's like, you know, again, curvy. Uh, oh, right. She's curvy. She's like, oh, I got to lose weight. Oh, I got to, you know. And she's constantly trying to eat healthy. They get Catherine Hagel, who Hagel. is obviously the opposite of that. <laughs> she used to be a and model, a teenage right. model. And now she's so, an adult who isn't a model anymore, but still looks like a model. Right. And and they get and she's ob obviously extremely sexy, to the point yeah. where you 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 can you'd never I I mean, you'd never make a fat joke looking at her, or say like oh you should cut down on her. So instead they changed the character to, to fit the actor actress's mold. So now she's eating whatever she wants, and they they have to have uh, the Morelli character make the comment. Well, how do you look like that? You eat all this crap. What is this? Is that? Which which is again they always pull that. When they, they want to have the character have a personality, but they don't want to have any repercussions of the personalities. Oh, she eats right. all this horrible food. Well, okay, but she's still hot. Yeah, but, you know, she just, she just doesn't gain any weight. It's weird. It's like, Fuck you. <laughs> Every woman that's ever had the diet, uh, like, six months just to fit into a swimsuit for the summer, should just, like, throw a brick at whoever, whoever <laughs> made that change in the screenplay. Hard. Throw it fucking hard. So who do they get other than Katherine Heigl? To play this character like who would have well, been a more appropriate when when i was reading the books 
the buzz at the time amongst the Janet Ivanovich fans was, um, and why is my mind blanking? You know who. It's um, Give me a fucking, movie. God damn it, speed. Oh, um, Sandra. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Thank you. For some reason, my mind got stuck. But on she's Sandra also Brown. like a skinny mini. No, but she could have pulled it off though. Okay. So we're talking. There's, there's. A, I mean, but you know what? With her, it was more the attitude. Okay. But, but with her, she, but she's not like a model. I mean, she's yeah. hot. But they I would could, say Catherine Heigl is more curvy than Sandra Bullock. Right, but you can, uh, yeah, but Sandra Bullock, I think, would be able to pull off, like wearing, like just you could dress her a certain way and say, "Oh, my hips," and you'd believe it. And they they don't even try to do that with Hagel. Everything Hagel wears is fucking hip hugging, uh, yeah. stomach feeling. It it, it it didn't her uh, Sandra Bullock's personality would have conveyed that and they would have let her do it. I mean, she's played like the, uh, the, the unsophisticated female character and, and like, uh, right. Uh, in, uh, Miss Congeniality, which I actually like. Thank you. <laughs> it's okay to like the first one. Yes. It's not well, okay um, to like the second one. No. no. <laughs> um, even a ranger casting was a bit off for me personally, because in the books, ranger character was always, again, the talk at the time was Vin Diesel would have been the perfect ranger, and I still agree with that, because okay. the ranger character always had this air of, like, mysteriousness around him, and, uh, and, um, what's his name, uh, Daniel, S S was it Sunjata? Sunjata? Sunjata or Sunyata, it's probably Yada, the J's probably a Y. Yeah, yeah, he, he just doesn't pull it off, the mysterious part. What do I recognize him from, by the way? Um, I think he was in, t uh, was he in Lost? No, he was not in Lost. He was, it says here he was in The Dark Knight Rises. I don't re remember him I don't, from that. I don't remember him from there. I know him from something. I mean, there's something that I've watched or possibly watched a lot of that I know him from. And I, I for the life of me, uh, can't find it, like, scrolling over what he's done. He was in Sex in the City. He was in I never, eight. yeah, I watched a lot of that. I was, uh, <laughs> there were weeks I wouldn't get out of bed. I would just watch that nonsense. Devil Wears Prada. I don't see a guy. I know him, but I don't see a goddamn thing here. Oh, Rescue Me. I recognize him from Rescue Me. Was, oh, okay. You're right. He wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. I, I knew I recognized him from somewhere because I kept watching him. But uh, he just, they, they try to pull him off. It's like with him, they try to pull him off too average. Yeah. And this is the one guy supposed to be a mystery. And he just, he, he just comes off. Just like yeah, you know, and I got a gun too. And yeah, hey, you didn't know. He's supposed to be just, just like this man of mystery. Eh. <laughs> everything was again. Everything was like TV, uh, blatantly TV quality. Pretty much, pretty much. Now, now, now. now. What do hmm. you want to say now about? Well, we can talk about it being in New Jersey accents and. How everyone's sure. a fucking Johnny Goomba. I Go mean, ahead. her last name's Plum, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that short for, like, Plumelli or some other name with lots of vowels in it? Because I don't every, recall. her mother, her, grand, her grandmother, her father, specifically her father, is just fucking Johnny Goomba. Her cousins... Everybody, now I know it takes place in New Jersey, and, and this misconception, 
of everyone that lives here is either Italian or in the mafia or has this stupid accent, which, you know, come, come to the state. You'll find that a lot of people don't have that stupid accent that is portrayed in film, which is portrayed heavily in this film. Uh, you know, I was selling lingerie out of Newark. It's like, really? You were selling lingerie out of Newark? Come on. But Please. she loses it. It doesn't. The, the accent does not stick with her. Well, because because Catherine Heigl is not that kind of an actress, right? <laughs> That's why. Uh, but even um, Jason O'Mara, the guy that plays Joe Morelli, uh uh-huh. he he's um, he's got an like a heavy Irish accent, and he's doing his New Jersey New York actor guy. That's what he's mm-hmm. doing. That's why his character acts and sounds the way it does because. That he has a completely different accent and a completely different way of talking. So right. whenever you hear these guys from different areas with completely different accents, they go to acting class, they go to speech class, they they try and convey what they think is is appropriate. And he's doing his you know Brooklyn, New York, New Jersey guy, and right. that's why he he acts and he sounds the way he does in the film. Now I actually yeah. like him. I like him. He did a show. He did a show that lasted three quarters of a season before it was canceled, called Life on Mars. I remember that. Yeah. That was okay. Based it was on a after, TV show. Right of the same name, yeah. and it was it was right. after Lost. Time travel. Exactly. Well, see, that's the thing. They were building up to to certain aspects of the TV show, and they were losing people because they were trying to build this story and these characters, and much. Like everyone that lives in this country, they have the fucking attention span of a goddamn gnat, so it got canceled. Mm-hmm. So, a show like that, where he gets in a car accident and ends up in 1973, that's fucking interesting, if you ask me. And it's not even just, always oh, living in 1973 doing stuff that you do there. Other weird little fucking things happen during the show, like that he only sees... That is building up to this story arc that's eventually going to get to, you know, where they need it to be, and it gets canceled. And it's a shame. But he was in that show, and I was, uh, you know, I think it was the last season of Lost. I think it was 2008, um, or 2009, I think. And I I watched Lost, and then I watched that, and I liked it, and then next thing you know, it's canceled, which really sucked. But I like him. I, I think he has potential... And even his character in this film, even though he's doing Johnny Goomba, I still think his character in this film was likable. Now, if you want to have fun, uh-huh. you can go to IMDb and go to the uh, the message board for the movie and okay. spend a good hour, hour and a half. Ooh, pardon me. Spend okay. a good hour, hour and a half weeding through all of the people posting about how her, much uh, Hegel's accent sucks in this film. <laughs> <laughs> and most of them are New Jerseyites or New Jerseyans or, you know, you know, annoying people that just say, oh, you know, I'm from this part of, uh, not, I'm, I'm from this town and I'm from here and I'm from Trenton and this is that and this is how they talk here. That they're, 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 they're great conversation threads of them comparing, contrasting uh, dialects between different parts of New Jersey. <laughs> And and how she switches, she keeps switching from like a Hoboken to a Trenton to this, and she never stays on one. And 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 uh, there were a couple that talked about her long A's and her O's. I know she she doesn't, she doesn't hold the O right, 
and the A's are too long, and she keeps going back and forth between the O's. It's just it's 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 great fun. <laughs> it's great fun. So, some people some people take their 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 speech impediments very seriously. Yeah, they really do. The I mean the thing that I, you know, to be honest, I, I the thing that bugs me is the fact that it takes place in New Jersey, so everyone has to have that quote unquote Jersey and uh, mm-hmm. Italian accent. Right, and, and that I think that bothers me more than anything. I don't know if that's conveyed in the book. Well, it's hard or to hear if the they accents just in the took book, it upon themselves. The, the 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 not the accent itself, but the uh, vernacular, so to speak, is okay. what it, what she does in the books is how people talk, which I think you can nail that pretty well. From I, I don't think there's that much of an argument as far as how the characters talk in the film, uh, except maybe with lines like the pyramids. But you know that that. Then again, that's that's like a character idiosyncrasy too. You could see a character saying a line like that. So, okay, this guy's not a brain surgeon. He's not Oscar Wilde. He's not coming up with witty retorts. It's uh, hey, look at these cheese balls. And no keys in that. <laughs> you know, it's all right. Yeah, the guy's not the guy's not a fucking bomb bomb uh, whatever. Apparently, I'm not either. But so the vernacular's there, and that's what she does in the books. But then you take people like, oh, it's Jersey, right? Yes, yeah, so we have to make this authentic Jersey. Oh, here we go. Let's make it authentic Jersey. Yeah, yes. let's do that. Yeah, I didn't. Now I didn't grow up as a child in New Jersey, but I've been in New Jersey since uh, I would say my, my fifth grade, I believe, fifth grade. So okay. I spent ten years the, old, the, around ten. Yeah, I yeah. would say around ten years old moving to Jersey. Uh, before then, actually, maybe, maybe a little bit before that. Uh, uh, if you moved no. somewhere like say no. a southern state, you would have picked up an accent that young. Most likely, uh, yeah. no. I was a bit younger actually before I moved to Jersey, uh, but uh, so I. But the thing is, I've never lived in a part of New Jersey where everyone used the same accent because people tend to move around. Yeah. I guess you know sure. we. I've, Especially I, here. I would, yeah. So uh, I, I get now. I guess there's more inbred parts of New Jersey. Sure, <laughs> but I. It, it's. I, I think it's kind of hard to find like a part of Jersey where if you like spend a half hour or an hour and a half as the film is go through it, every single person you talk to t- talks like Vinny Boombots. I, I don't think that's entirely possible. I mean, believe me, I, I know people that do talk that way. Oh yeah, it, oh, it's yeah. it's inevitable. But yeah. I would say that is a very very small portion of the people that I know. But that you can almost see them and act that way. You can almost see them going through like the, the casting calls. Okay, who looks Jersey? Who, who looks Jersey? Who, give me Jersey. There's Jersey. There's Jersey. Yeah. You know. So at a certain point, it becomes uh, caricature over anything else. And but I, you know, if maybe if the direction had been good enough to pull off more of the humor, I wouldn't mind. Now, personally, if I want to, if I want to hear these annoying accents nonstop, I'll just watch Married to the Mob. Yeah. <laughs> the difference least, is Mary. The difference is Mary to the Mob pulls off the humor because it was well directed. Right, exactly. I'm not saying it's a great film, but you know, it, it, it there was some, there was some talent involved, and I, I you know I don't want to be mean, uh, but from what I've seen here, no talent involved with this director. Uh, passable as a television director, which is really, uh, especially in some of the shows I'm looking at on 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 her uh, resume here. You're just cranking this shit out. There's, there, you're not really, really conveying anything. Now, all right, maybe like you know, you get to, like weeds and stuff like that. The, the cable TV shows, great, whatever. 
Uh, Grey's Anatomy, fuck you. <laughs> fuck, fuck anybody involved with that goddamn show. Oh, I'm uh, just so fucking annoyed with it. You know, I'm looking at uh, a lot of these actors and actresses' uh, birthplaces. I'm seeing a lot of sh- Chicago, and I'm seeing a lot of Illinois. Uh, I haven't seen <laughs> one person from New Jersey yet. Well, how hard would that have been? <laughs> it wouldn't have been. You know, a lot. There are a lot of famous actors from New Jersey. A lot That's of true. them sound like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I know for a fact Joe Pesci ain't doing a goddamn thing right now. <laughs> I know for a fact he's got an open slate. I would say you're correct. Yeah, I mean, this. It's a state lousy with New Jersey-like actors, and they just didn't drag any in. So they were more concerned about names than portraying the book. I understand that, but they just didn't do a good job. Uh, I, I, I didn't. No, I didn't laugh at any of the scenes I thought I would have laughed at. Oh, and by the way, speaking of bad narration as being a bad device. How about mm-hmm. the other device of her talking to her sister on the phone for the first half of the film? Oh, God. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Holy shit. Now, now, now one thing I, I have heard all over New Jersey is people having pointless conversations on their cell phones about stupid shit that has no <laughs> bearing whatsoever on life or anything that they're doing. That Usually I believe, while they're driving. <laughs> yeah, driving, though. Not shopping at, at farmer's market vegetable stands with their children. No, it's just in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so none of that. But, she, she, again, another another uh, information dump. Just trying to, okay, we have to convey that she likes him. How do we do that? Well, she's talking to her sister on the phone. And I don't remember if that's actually in the book or not. I don't. But if it was, you don't need it. Get the fuck rid of it. And spend that time you're using having these characters talk about how she feels. And just show us how she feels. It's called writing. <laughs> this film, the film overall really has a rush feel to it. It almost feels like they, they got the rights to the book. And it was just, okay, we're going to make the book. And they made the book. And that was it. There was really no, uh, really just no concern, I don't think. And it's a January release uh, release as well. I'm it, sure it, it tested wonderfully. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's... We know that January means bad, and a lot of people right. still to this day don't. They just think it's another film released in January. They don't realize, why am I watching so much shit in the month of January after Christmas? <laughs> Let's be fair, sometimes <laughs> they don't even know it's shit. That's, uh, sometimes it's successful in January, and then they make more sequels. Right. Like like Kevin James movies. So. <laughs> or, or, or Wanted. Or Wanted. Or Wanted wasn't a January film. Not Wanted, you know what I mean. Butterfly effect. No, that's another good example. No, uh, Liam Neeson, Taken. Taken. One of those other yeah. one-word names. <laughs> yes, um, and we talked about Taken, so we won't do it uh, again. Oh. But that that was just kind of like they didn't know what to do with that. That was released in Europe a year earlier. You know, I it think just I, yeah, and I, I think that's the situation with this too. They didn't know what to do with it. It probably didn't test well because uh, again. You're you're coming from not having read the book, so it's not like, oh, gee, Scott, you knew the jokes already, so you didn't laugh when it happened. No, it just wasn't done well. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect example too. When the car explodes, mm-hmm. and she says they blow uh, they blow up our car, and he says your our car, and he's and she says your car. Uh, okay, your car. You want it back? There's like ten different ways I can. Th- no, there's not. I'm sorry. There's one way you could play that off to comic effect. 
and her like laughing when she said it and being right. giggly and seeing the humor in it not how you convey the humor in that scene yeah that no, right it's there? yeah you, you you play it straight faced and then that's where you get your funny reaction right no she had she had to go along with it and i could almost see the director is like oh that was such a such a natural reaction we're gonna keep that that's fine it's natural it still doesn't fucking work and and it's <laughs> And the, the grandmother just, just being too... Uh, yeah, it, it's not funny if she looks like she could beat me up. <laughs> I, there's no doubt in my mind. There's, there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that uh, that um, Debbie Reynolds couldn't have taken me out. It really is. And, and it's not funny when someone like that, like someone like that, where you can... When you look at her and you think, oh, there's a strong older woman. No, she has to look old and frail. And then she comes out with the gun and like blows the hole in the turkey and, and is like talking tough talk. That's when it's funny. Like you said, it's not funny when Blanche grabs the gun. It's funny when... Some, we, we should really look up what that character's name is. Cause I, Ma. It's Ma, right? It's, it's Ma. Ma. They called her Ma, but her name was... Um... Fuck, I'll just look it up. Yeah, but again, she was funny because she was the tough one. Blanche looks... You know, she's younger, older. Debbie Reynolds is definitely younger, older in this film. She At least she does not look old. And She's, no, eight, humor, she's 80 years old. So she's actually Debbie, 79 when she made this movie. Debbie Reynolds? Yeah. You don't look it. No. Well, that's the she problem. Does. They 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 should they should have got someone that actually looked older. Right, you know what? You know what? There's old and there's old. Perfect example. Sophia. 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 Right. And you know what? I, I'm kind of happy I didn't know that. I feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah. You know, I didn't know all three names characters on. The, I know Maud because that's Maud. Uh, it's odd, right? Well, that's not her name in the show, though. It's not. No. <laughs> it's Blanche. I don't even remember her name. I just remember Blanche. Okay. Uh, um, so now, see, I don't know it offhand either. So now I have to look it up. You know the difference between like, all right, here's the Dorothy, Dorothy, <laughs> Betty White was Rose. Then you have Blanche and Rose, Sophia. That's right, Rose and Blanche. Blanche. Okay. Yeah, Here, Dorothy was Maud. Right. Uh. <laughs> Uh, here's here's a perfect example of old and then funny old. Yeah. Grumpy old men. Oh sure, Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau. Yep. Jack right, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, old. Virgis Meredith, funny old. Yeah, I bacon every goddamn day. <laughs> right, exactly. The whole bacon so, scene is hilarious. Yeah, Debbie Reynolds is like Walter Matthau or Jack Lemmon. What they needed was. Virgis Meredith. Yeah. And they didn't have it. They had, again, so they're functional. Uh, they're not They're not so old that like you could actually say, he belongs in a home. And oh, sure enough, he does. Debbie Reynolds doesn't belong in a fucking whole home. That line alone just doesn't sell the whole film. And that that's why the entire film doesn't work, because there's just no sense of reality. Oddly enough, for a book that was always praised for it being realistic as far as being set in New Jersey, this film does just what the book never did, which was not uh, not successfully sell the characters as being real. Right. I never considered any of these characters real characters. The humor doesn't come across then. Unless, you know, that the only way that doesn't work is if you're watching, like, Three Stooges shit. Or, you know, you know that kind of, uh, you know, earnest that right, kind of even right. Ernest was more realistic, real realistic of a human character than fucking Stephanie Plum was. This. <laughs> There's the scene where she's in the shower. She's handcuffed to the shower, uh -huh. and uh, she calls Ranger to get her out. Right. 
it, it just that scene is should be funny in some it's just not although i do i did enjoy her attempting to grab her large bosoms <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to hide them it's like yeah. listen you, you've had relations with this guy i don't understand what, what, what what's all the cover-up um now, now again that ranger scene would have been funnier if ranger was as mysterious and foreboding a character as he was portrayed in the books He's not. He comes off more like an average guy. Ironically, he becomes more of an average realistic character that you believe in, right. thence, thus making him less of a of a humorous character in conjunction with her. It just uh, Everything that made these characters work well in the book is taken away from them, and it all just falls apart. And well, the only thing that, the only thing that, that could have saved... Let me yeah. just say, the only thing yeah. that could have saved this film is chemistry of the characters and, and, and just... Not with the, each other, but with the audience... And that's the one thing they stripped from them by yeah. just slapping them in like sitcom characters. This is the kind of character study I expect from uh, How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> not from and, a real film that spent that they spent you know millions of dollars making. And not only voiceover uh, is is bad either, but uh, and and you don't really remember you remember you know it's bad when you watch it. You don't remember it because they're so little. But something just happened now when Ranger goes to to, to get her. Um, because she's handcuffed to the shower and he tells her he goes you know you go you know get a deadbolt the very next shot is her putting in a deadbolt and then the mm-hmm. next shot is her in the police station like did right. we really need to see that one shot of her putting in a deadbolt can't we just again, assume that she did it and again in the book she she actually gets the deadbolt because there's more of a passage of time there's more space to fill there's more stuff going on get rid of it in the movie he can say get a deadbolt we can you're right 100 percent. it's that kind of stuff too they're keeping things in the book that it works well in the book because right. hey she actually gets a deadbolt she's learning she's doing this and that but in the film like you say it's just a useless thing to throw in there why do yeah. i need to know that she got a deadbolt now it's ridiculous or how about the four uh, four alarm fire in the the house which apparently they're able to walk into immediately. I mean, a four-alarm fire, I mean, that's oh, yeah. pretty much engulfed in flames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not sure. just walking in there and it's a little smoky. But that's nitpicking. But the fact that the woman and the, <laughs> and the kid is in there in the se- couple of scenes before, and uh-huh. instead of her just them acting the scene, just saying that they're safe, they have to do a voiceover saying, yeah, they got them out of the house, and they're safe. Yeah. <laughs> just the way it was, and they're safe. You know, it's yeah. like, thank she, God. She pretty much says that the cops told her this, so she knows it now. And they're like, well, the cops are standing right next to her as the voiceover's going. Couldn't a cop have just said, don't worry, we got them out, they're safe? Right. <laughs> or, you know, you could elude. And you got to love how it was a four-alarm fire that, that would have killed anybody in a flashbot whole place, but there's still curtains hanging. Yeah. Oh, there's holes in them. Yeah. There's holes in them, but they're hanging. Because curtains just smolder in random spots when they're caught yeah, four alarm. Players. They're not made of plastic, you know. They're not made of plastic at all. You know, it, it's just uh, not going to melt or warp in any way. Little holes here and there, nothing major. And, and again, the voiceover shit—pure Grey's Anatomy. That kind of bullshit. Oh yeah, I fucking it's can't just stand just, that show. I can't. I can't. Uh, 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 I can't. When, when you don't have enough time for exposition. I'm going to talk over and tell you how the and how the show ends up and how all the characters were affected because we just don't have the time to actually show you that. You have the time in an hour and a half long film. Sorry, you do. You know, and Grey's Anatomy is I don't know if it's number 1 every week, but it is in the top 5 
which just annoys That's, the shit out of me. I, why do not watch television anymore, sir? It's just unbearable. Me neither. Me neither. I watch I, two, three things. Half of them are hockey. <laughs> it's like seriously. The other, the other one's the Science Channel, and and here and there, once in a while, something. That's the mm-hmm. only way I can put it. Television, not on my fucking radar. When it's on, you know, here, here's I walk a good example. Let's, let's speak of television shows. Let's just go out on a limb since I'm making fun of uh, Grey's Anatomy for having voiceover. Okay. Here's a show that has voiceover that it makes perfect sense in. Dexter. Yep. Dexter, it Be- works. Why? Because it's because it's all the inner monologue of this character, and we're and and we're going through the, this this movement, this this uh, change, internal change with him constantly. It makes sense to have him narrating everything that's going on. It works for the show. It wouldn't be as effective of a show if it wasn't for that. Right, exactly. And, and you're right. Because he's such a dark character, because he can't really convey any of those feelings to just to anybody, you know, there's only a few characters that have come and gone throughout the, the seasons where he could have a conversation about who he really is. But mm-hmm. still, he always holds something back. And they, 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 they do such a good job on the show that they pretty much save that for you, the viewer, which is right. when they use the voiceover. And again, for, for a character who is hiding from everybody else, the audience is the only one privy to this information. Uh, the, you, now, there's not every show that has that, or every movie or every show that has that kind of main character that hides from people needs the narration, but it works for the show. It really does. It, it does work. And we, you know, Very I good point. Bringing up, well, I, why, thank you. But okay. it, it's well, really... It really just underlines how amateurish the screenplay was, and how they were really just—it was just a matter of how quickly they could get at the screen and then forget about it. It was a paycheck. It's what it was. It feels like a well, paycheck. And, and I'm pretty sure Catherine Heigl was uh, an executive producer on this because she was really hoping that this was going to be a franchise that she could be in for a bunch of movies. Uh, you know, ex- executive producers—I want more money. So what do you do? Well, just just call me an executive producer. They don't do it. They don't do dick. Anybody wants to prove me wrong, give us a call and tell me. Tell me well, exactly. No, I'm what, not, tell, no. me, tell me tell me exactly call call this show and tell me exactly what an executive producer does. Executive producer does dick. Predic- pre- executive producer does less than the producer does. I rest mm-hmm. my case. Well, I th- well, I still stand by that she wanted this to be a franchise for her, which the this is something that they would they won't remake this film. You know, book one you is know book what? one. This film is done. They may continue making more films with different people, and no, just to kind of take this and see what they did wrong. You know what? And, but this, you know, this is a on. situation. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. But this no, is a situation okay. where where they uh, where they wanted this to become a franchise, but they wanted this to become a franchise based solely on the reputation of the novel. There's nothing in this film that tells me that anybody put any real effort into making this more than a copy. There she is talking to her fucking sister again on the phone. Thank you. Thank you for that 30 <laughs> seconds of whatever you just told there. And thank you for the voiceover telling us that you were taking snacks over to her because you carrying shit to her on the corner never would have clued me into that. Fuck you. This movie's pissing me off now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it really... I did like, my job. Yeah. <laughs> Vera Wachowski, same thing. They, they were hoping it would be a, it would, it would be a, a new franchise, but based solely on the idea of, okay, there's, there's already a strong fan base behind this, so they'll love the film, and then on top of everything else, we'll catapult it. Problem is, a lot of the fan base didn't like the movie. And, and that's because and, fans are finicky, picky, annoying shits. And they and always imagine... shit on stuff that comes out of their, their 
stuff. Yeah, I would imagine that a lot of the test-screened audiences were fans of the book, and that's why it ended up in a January release. I mean, not... I would imagine as well that a lot of people just know it's a shitty film, but I would think a lot of people were trying to get to see this in a, an advanced screening, and then, uh, you know, it is what it is. Now, now what is film- this? G- is this is this G rated? How what what is this? PG PG thirteen. P- yeah, it's it's please. Now honestly, I think the books were actually kind of PG thirteen, so there's not much change there either. They didn't yeah. they didn't dull anything out for that, but if you go in PG thirteen with this kind of adult, you know, as far as like hookers and murder and stuff, you better have more to it than this. And I I can't repeat it anymore. I just got to say it one more time. The humor that was in the book doesn't make it to the screen shitty directing right care not careless directing it was it's it's there's no there's a and careless screenwriting because there was no craft and consideration towards translating it to the screen in a screen worthy format it was just okay let's just shorten this as much as possible and make it an hour and a half film not let's make it a good film let's just get it up there and who knows? Maybe Janet Ivanovich is to blame. Maybe she was a stickler for keeping the book as cl- movie as close to the book as possible in her uh, negotiation for it. I mean, in which case she fucked it. Can, well, can you blame her though? I mean, wh- what author wouldn't want their work to be closely uh, portrayed to the to the screen? I Chuck would think Palahniuk. most. O- Chuck Palahniuk, Fight Club, and this this is the perfect example. I always hold up. I've seen interviews with him, and if you listen to the Fight Club. Uh, audio commentary with him and the screenwriter you hear the same thing he, his his philosophy and I think this should be the philosophy of any writer who ever has their book optioned by Hollywood unless they write the screenplay themselves is this was my thing now they're doing creating a new version of it it's their thing they're going to have to change it it's a different art form it's not my art form it's out of my hands once it hits it you listen to the Fight Club audio commentary Chuck Palahniuk and the author uh, the screenwriter mm-hmm. he keeps telling them Oh, and you changed this for my book, so you did this. I like that. And this, oh, this was good, too. He appreciates the craft of writing and what you have to do to turn it to their form. There was an interview with him for Choke, too, about how they had the... Uh, and the interview asks him about changing it from the from the changes in his book when they uh, wrote the screenplay. And he said, well, that's what they had to do. It's not mine anymore. It's theirs. They're doing something with it. Why would I take it personally? I, I, you know, my book still sells. And right. that's the attitude you have to take. Uh, you want to you want, you uh, be like Alan Moore... I was just going to say, I was just going to (laughs) say Alan Moore. (laughs) I was trying to get a word in edgewise and I'm like, he's going to, I'm going to say Alan Moore. I'm going to bring him up. (laughs) What an asshat Alan Moore is. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he took his name off of Watchmen. I really am because it's such a great film. Zack Snyder did such a great job with that. It's better than the source material. He did just... And, and that's, the, ex- that's, the extended cut of the film, even with the Black Freighter included, is yeah. still amazing. Even though Zack Snyder wanted an extra $30 million to do the Black Freighter um, live action, he couldn't get it. They weren't, mm-hmm. they weren't giving him $200 million to make Watchmen. 160 or 165 70 whatever they gave him, was a lot already. You know, I, I'm I'm glad they didn't though. I'm glad they kept it as the cartoon thing because that was that kind of. That, no, I think it works. I think yeah, it, works, it works, but I I think live action would have been really neat too. Right. I mean, so you you have a choice. You can be anal about having uh, making sure that the, everything is exactly the way it was in your book when it goes to screen, which is 
impossible. Mm-hmm. Or or you can just say let go and say, you know what? All right, you have it. It's yours. Do something with it. Or you can be like Alan Moore, who apparently is now trying to make his own movie, and I guarantee it's going to suck balls. <laughs> Do we know anything about it yet? Yeah, I know Alan Moore's like doing it. So fuck <laughs> is him. Is he is he gonna get? Is he gonna recruit Frank Miller? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get tips from Frank Miller. How should I direct this scene? Why don't we just do it together? Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck, Frank? Frank Frank Miller just, just, watch, d- makes just watch. do everything but direct, please. Frank Frank Miller just makes him watch uh, the Spirit over and over again. Oh. I'll uh. beat you like eggs. <laughs> oh, we've never done the, we never did the Spirit on the show, do we? No, we haven't. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself at this point about the movie. There's really nothing more for me to say nah. that, I mean, specifics. Uh, there's really no other scenes. I mean, it wasn't a bad book. It's not a bad movie as far as the contents of it. What kills the movie is the, the screenwriting and directing because it just it doesn't. There's, it's, it it's, it's a, it's a soulless, empty shell. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, we can go ahead and rate it if we're done. Um. Yeah, we can do that. It's currently, uh, let me go back to the main screen here. On IMDb, it is currently 5.1 stars, a perfect half. Yeah, saying that it's average. It's not average. Uh, no, no, you know what? This is average. I disagree. I think this is average. I think it's below Just, average. No, I, 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 no, I disagree. I, I, I I'd, think- g- I'd give this a four. I, I disagree. Just on accents alone. <laughs> Uh, let me make my argument. This okay. is an average film. To Why me. am I, I getting just... goddamn pop-ups? I just fucking redid this PC last night, and if I click on something, I get a motherfucking pop-up. Oh, I'm not happy. You know I can't answer that question for you. Go ahead. I'm I have sorry. no idea why you're getting pop-ups. It's a um, fresh install. What the fuck? Let me, let me let me make the case for why this gets deserves five stars. All right. Okay. As I stated. Uh, at least twice in the, in the past half hour. This film, uh, it's a faithful representation on the screen of the book. It's competently made. Mm-hmm. Where it falls apart is that there's no craft or skill inserted to it. All the, all the casting decisions are made based on uh, regular stereotype. They don't go into any kind of depth. And the, the main character, uh, her accent sucks, but that's just because they went with the name instead of somebody actually from Jersey or somebody can pull it off a Jersey accent. Uh, this, to me, is just is a perfect example of what your average film is. Get it on the screen, get it out there. There's enough money behind it. There, there's enough, there's enough uh, craft or basic competency behind it to make sure that the script doesn't suck, but there's not enough to actually make it work by not falling back on... on your, your basic tools, simplistic tools like voiceover, pointless conversation, the phone with an ancillary carrier, ancillary, uh, a different <laughs> side character. I can't pronounce it right now. <laughs> Shut up. That's all. That's all, folks. That's not nice. A side character that has no bearing on. Several times this week. I've been told I haven't been nice this several times this week. Sorry, you gotta be. You have to have my answer. I wasn't trying to be nice. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I just my, it's honestly, not my job. I, I'm not defending it, saying it's better than a better than a four. I'm saying it deserves a five because a five is 
pretty much just any shit you mill. throw on the screen. Yeah, it's it. This is a perfect example of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm holding a grudge for the accents. <laughs> I don't. You, you know. You probably are. Yeah. No, I, I think it deserves a five, just because this it's unremarkable. I'll give it a five for almost seeing Catherine Heigl boobage. Uh huh. I'll, I'll go as high I mean, as a five for that. Sure. Sure. All right. I'm I'm gonna give it a five. Five is fine. Okay. And I'm just gonna take a look at the the vote breakdown here, and uh, yeah, uh, average vote is uh, six and a five, twenty percent each. Six and five. Oh, from male and female, huh? Uh, well, just in general, yeah. Highest voting block: females under eighteen. Six point seven. Go wow. fucking figure. Seventeen hundred and ninety-nine votes gave it a ten. Uh huh. Are those like super fans? Probably. <laughs> Or just, just yeah, people that you know, like Hegel. They're just ha- happy that the film was made. Mm-hmm. Seventeen hundred and ninety-nine. So highest highest um, huh. group, six point seven is females under eighteen. Lowest group, lowest uh, what is it called again? Uh, demographic. Uh-huh. Lowest demographic is males under eighteen with four point eight. Oof. Actually tied with with males thirty to forty-four. 4.8. So you and I are right in line with our age group. Nice. <laughs> we we are, we have voted along demographic lines, sir. How do you feel at, about look that? Look at that. Hey, I feel pretty good. Feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't feel good at all about it. <laughs> You're supposed to be better than that, man. All right. And so there's nothing. There's nothing better than uh, that. Uh, there's nothing better than that about this movie. The movie is just. Eh. Well, at least we know there are not going to be any sequels. Or at least anytime soon. Yeah, I've got to passionately hate a film to give it like a four lower. I've got to at least like it has to. I get, there's got to be a little bile to to get something that low. And and this is doesn't this it's 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 so inconsequential. It's not worth the hassle. Okay. You know that's me. Okay. Now um, now yeah, you have something. Well, do you have a challenge for me? Y- yes, I do, and it's not going to be much of a surprise. Uh, since we're doing the tough woman streak, and we talked about this last week, and you had suggested it as well, uh, I'll be Gloria. challenging you. What? Gloria. You, you, you can just blurt it out, or I can finish what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, but we can go that route. Yeah, go ahead. You said no surprise and said last week. Yeah. That doesn't mean you step on my delivery. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Everyone, just wipe wipe it from your memory. Go. No, no, no. no. Too late. Too late. It's ruined. Well, because I was going to preface it by saying, sir, as you... Now you ruined it. Another ruined. entry into our original and remake reviews, where we re- review the original film and the remake after. I was going to challenge you to Gloria, the original and the remake. You got to make me watch two movies this week. Yeah, but one that, of them that, is that's good. That's what you're doing. But yeah, one, one of them is good. Oh, I barely have time for one. All right, I'll have to watch a movie tomorrow night. Just I have to, because if I don't watch now, a film before the weekend. I'm I'm scrambling to watch both of them in the same night. Now we're watching the original Gloria from 1980, and the 1999 Sharon Stone. Right. Yeah, I was going to say it was John Cassavetes starring uh, uh, Julie Carmen, mm-hmm. and who won uh, her Oscar for that? Yeah. And the other one is the, as you said, the the 1999 one by. With Sharon Stone, and that's by Sidney uh, Lumet. Lumet, right? Um, and so we're we're talking about a twenty-year gap between both films, which, right. as we discussed earlier, is almost a generation. 
So, so I, I think 20 years is the perfect length between an original and a remake. Yeah. I, I feel like anything less is just, it's like jumping. It's like just jumping it too quick. Anything longer is is just more stealing than remaking. Well, what I find most interesting about the remake is it was done by a bona fide, legendary, you know, top class director, and it still came out bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never seen the remake, so it's going to be interesting to point out the differences and uh, why it failed as much as it did. Is it mainly Sharon Stone's performance? Is it mainly the kids? Or is it, you know, everything in between? Or what is it? Is it plot, you know, structure? Who knows? I haven't seen it. But it, I'm, I think it's going to be very interesting to find out why this film failed as a whole when you had <laughs> A list stars, A list director, and potentially you know, source material that it should be a fucking home run. See, this is funny too because cause, uh, for me, I already know that I hate the movie. Now I get yeah. to find out why. <laughs> it's it's great. It, it it's it's like it's like a it's like a Christmas gift car bomb. Wow. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant to say at all. I have no idea why I said that. Mm. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's just I, I already know how what, how it's gonna make me feel. I just don't know in what way. It's gonna hurt, but how is it gonna hurt? Right. Uh, so, have yes. uh, have you watched anything lately that you want to bring up I, to the show? I have watched a lot of stuff lately. One thing I have watched recently is Only God Forgives. Ah, yes. I haven't seen it yet and, myself, but I've heard nothing but great things. And I've heard... It, well, it depends. There's a lot of people hating on the film, too. Um, I don't think listen I, to them. I, I don't I, listen to those people. Because they I don't mean, know I'm what just, they're talking about. I'm just saying, uh, before I say what I liked about the film, if you go on IMDb, I think it's around 6-something, isn't it? 6.2. There you go, uh, and a lot of a lot of the uh, negative feedback has been about that the film is slow, that the film doesn't make any sense, and that uh, that the uh, Ryan Gosling character is nothing like the character from Drive. Ironically enough, I think it has to do with the fact that it's a different film. I think you might be right on that. I that's my that's my that's my first initial guess. Yeah. But having seen the film, I got to tell you, uh, only God forgives from a uh, from a. Uh, everyone would call it film buff or just a, uh, a deeply active film viewer as someone who's in the movies. This film is fucking genius. I can't wait to see it. It's it's genius. And for all the people that called it slow, these are people who need that instant gratification of things happening. Uh, and I, I, I tell you, I think... there are slow there are slow parts to the film, but there was never a point in the film where I said... Let's move it along. All right, maybe one of the karaoke scenes, maybe I might have said to myself, all right, all right, all right, I get it. But for the most part, even the slow scenes are riveting because you're looking at the direction, at the uh, some symbolism, which this film is nothing but. Every um, performances that, that are fucking amazing. Really? Oh. People, uh, people that are hating on the film, people that are not giving a good, uh, good reviews, they might need a little more voiceover. That's, I, that's think, possible. I think I think that might be the problem with the with you know they're not getting enough voiceover. Uh, I, um, <laughs> let me look it up because I, I I saw the film, uh, but they have an actual number here. Here it is. Yeah, uh, Ryan Gosling does not speak much during the film. Uh, okay. According to IMDb, he actually only speaks twenty two lines in the entire movie. No kidding. Right now, 
same thing as Drive. He didn't really speak that much in Drive either. He's a very Correct. silent character to, to a certain extent. Uh, but in this film, no one really speaks that much. There were actually some scenes where uh, this is the exact opposite of what we we're just talking about. There are some scenes where, where like, say, uh, Ryan Gosling has this one guy and, and he's told to explain what happened. Now, we as the audience already know what happened. So what happens is the guy exp starts explaining, but we can't hear him talking. It's just the soundtrack. Huh. And the camera goes back and forth from the guy explaining to the reaction of the person listening. And it, the film does it in two or three spots where where it's like, you don't need to hear this. You know this. Pay attention to what's going on. <laughs> Think about what the one for the money people would have done with that. <laughs> Think of how much voiceover there'd be. <laughs> how much backflashing. Like, you just saw the scene, and while they're explaining it, they're showing it again. I mean, this, that shit that would be happening if uh, one for the money... If the people now, that did that got a hold of this movie. There's there's also a lot of chatter, and I purposely went to this. I, I go into films blind. I don't read about movies anymore before they're made. I can't do it anymore. I, I just give, I need to go into I need to go into films blind. I went trailers into this film give blind. too much away. Trailers the, just trailers yeah. give way too much away. So that's why that's why I don't even read like the sites or the magazines where they, like pre production and their interviews and all that. I can't do it anymore because I don't want to know. I want to watch the movie. That's the experience. That's what it's about. Well, and and I mean, and, and what I think it comes down to is we're at a point in our lives. Well, where, I was getting to something with that. Oh, let me cut right. you off only because right. I was using it as a preface to get to something. A warning to you, or kind of a, a challenge to you, so to speak. Uh, so because of this. After I watch the film, then I start doing my research. I start digging up all these conversations stuff online, and yeah, there's a lot thing. of talk. Right, so there's a lot of talk back and forth about this film, and I'm going to not give you enough details so you won't know about it. Uh, but you already know that people hate the film, so you know it's not like a, this is what happens next kind of film, right? It's a right, little vague, right. and it leaves open interpretation, the kind of thing people don't like to do these days. Yeah. There's, a, there's a first draft of the screenplay out there that people have read. And apparently, the first draft of the screenplay has an ending that kind of sums up something in the film. Okay. That the film that is not in the film, so the film leaves it leaves it more like you're supposed to interpret it. Got it. I've read, I've heard, and read a lot of reviews from people complaining that they felt that this scene should have been left in. I strongly disagree. I think the okay. film is perfect the way it is, and it's one of those things where if that ending was on it. That would be my only complaint. And why they have to tag that shit on at the end. It's, And the fact that everybody's complaining that wasn't in there makes me love this film that much more because they're fucking wrong. <laughs> Dead wrong. This is, a, this is a must-see film. And as far as films that make you think afterwards, I think I told you earlier, uh, I told somebody earlier, I put this film up on par with Revolver. You told me. Right. Okay, I, I think I told somebody else too. Okay. I, Revolver, on the same... It's on that same level. And that's another film kinda... that's hated. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah, it's called fucking thinking. Just go, go watch fucking Grown Ups 2. <laughs> I fear so, for us as a country when I go see um, a movie and the trailer for Grown Ups 2 comes on and people are belly laughing in the back. I, I didn't even Fearful. Know Fearful. Yeah, I... I, I belly I, laughing. I, yeah. Not chuckling, uh, not going, oh, that's kind of funny. Belly laughing. Well, that was like when I went to see um, uh, the, uh, it was a remake the, um, of, the, re re the remake of Payback. 
what was that called again? That was called oh, uh, Porter. Parker. Porter. Parker. Parker. Porter. Oh, I, I keep thinking Porter. And we got into that whole discussion <laughs> about how they changed the name because of the author right. and all that. Yeah, Parker. But, yeah, Parker. There's a film I saw in the theater, and people were like laughing at the weirdest parts, like parts that aren't funny, parts that are, like something would happen, and they'd be like, <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? What was... Did something happen? Uh, you know, at, at, first you think some, at first you think somebody's goofing around, like somebody's laughing at somebody else in the back, but then it keeps happening. Like something, like the character will say something, and it's not funny, but it's almost, it's just this weird thing where they don't understand it, so it's funny all of a sudden. I don't, yeah. Audiences, there used to be that test. Uh, the movie theaters used to have the the um, uh, they used to they, they still flash those cards up, and now it's like slideshow and movie things, right. and they have trivia and stuff. And w- at one point, the theaters had these uh, slideshows where it would say things like "clap if you like spaghetti," <laughs> and if you were sitting in the audience and people near you clapped at that, you knew to get up and move. <laughs> this was a test that you you took it as a test for you. It, I took it as a warning sign. Yes, it was. It yeah, was, it was like, okay. And, move. Other people were like, "I'm going to sit next to those people. I, I and, think they're cool." And it worked. It worked because that would be the part that area got loud, or you heard. I don't understand what's going on. I like to and refer that, to them as drool cups. That's my new right. favorite term for people. And that makes drool cups. Drool cups. And that makes two films uh, this month that I'm defending against uh, uh, negative criticism. The other one being Lone Ranger. Right. And, yeah. and when you watch it, I would love to discuss the film uh, a bit more in depth on the show and do a Lone Ranger review if you ever get a chance to see it. Because would, yeah, I'm no, you, I'm, in, I'm interested. I don't know if I'll I'm end tell- up in a theater to see it, but I'm interested. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, every review I've read about it, it's not just that they didn't like it. They, they purposely lie and, and pretend they don't understand what the film's doing. And it's not a big thinking film. It just takes for for a film critic. This should be a no brainer. What this film's trying to do, right. and people like Stephen Witte purposely lying about the film, pretending they don't understand certain film uh, tools. I'm losing my dialogue. I'm losing my uh, dictionary. Okay. My my brain's shutting down. Hey, it's I like the end birds. of the day. We 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 need to do this show at like ten in the morning, and then it'll be oh. like razor sharp. I want pudding. <laughs> Pudding? I'd, I, fuck, I I'd love tapioca right now. Tapioca. Nice, big fucking bowl of tapioca. Oh, I mean, don't. I'm going to vomit. Oh, don't. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. You don't, like the, you don't like tapioca pearls? I don't. I don't. Oh, oh why can't they say pearls? <laughs> I don't like eating something that looks like somebody already ate it. No. <laughs> oh. You don't, you don't like I, rice pudding either? Oh. Because that looks just like that, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This kind of reminds me of Oscar night. I, it's it's not even. It's, <laughs> you promised never to talk about that again. You said you'd never tell. <laughs> I, tapi- I I've never. I'll be honest. I've never tried, eaten tapioca or rice pudding. Oh really? All good. Because, because All good. just the, just the sight of it makes me fucking ill. <laughs> it it it's it, just. Putting a spoonful in my mouth would probably be enough to get a gag reflex going. It has <laughs> never tasted it, never will. It's just one of those things. Uh, no, enjoy that. You're missing out. No, I'm not. <laughs> I love a good rice pudding. I like rice, and I like pudding. 
I've often had both in the same day. <laughs> That's as close as, probably a couple times even in different courses of the same meal. Closest <laughs> they're ever going to get. Okay. Uh, what about uh, risotto? I, Do you like risotto? Risotto? Yes, I love risotto. It's, it's kind of a, like a rice pudding. Not a god. Don't even begin. <laughs> don't even pretend that it's the same thing. It's. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm saying it's close. You are cheapening both of us, sir. Do not do not do that. <laughs> what else did I watch? I rewatched The Hitcher recently. Oh, I watched oh, Olympus Has Fallen. Olympus I haven't seen that I yet. I have it. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. Everything you think it is, it is. Oh, really? <laughs> it's yeah, great. Go- apparently, 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 it's really easy to take over the White House. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know why Korea hasn't tried to do it before. Oh. Or any country, for that matter. Now I'm looking at. We talked about Man of Steel briefly. I mentioned the how. Uh, I'm still uh, trying to get in a theater to see that. When you, after you see that, we definitely have to talk about that. I got a lot of good yeah. things to say about that. Uh, and this documentary, Hot Coffee, which is, isn't really a topic for our show. It's, that's more of a Strangers in the Strange Land episode. Okay. Um, uh, I think I watched something else recently too, but I don't remember. I just acquired a bunch of new films, uh, and I went through some of them. I don't recall. Oh, you, know what I just, you know what I just acquired that I haven't seen in a while, but it, it's one of my favorites: Runaway wow. Train with John Voight. Oh shit! I remember that. Great fucking movie. You know, I remember. The, I saw Great that when I was really young. Movie. I just remember the end where he's on the front of the train. Oh, did I ruin it? Not for me, but. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a great scene. Fucking Eric Roberts. Look, come on, Manny. Manny, come on, Manny. I mean, that's how he talks to the whole. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember any of that. Great fucking movie. I, I definitely revisit it. Oh, it, highly you know, recommend past, it. In the past, you and I have talked about fan edits that are out there where people take movies and, and re-edit them themselves. Yes. And I, I recently acquired a few of them, and I haven't really watched any of them yet. Uh, I got some. I got some fan edits for The Happening and Lady in the Water. Uh, I got Alien Three fan edit, and I also have a fan edit of Book of Eli. And Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Now, did you watch Crystal Skull? Did you actually I, I watched, watch that fan edit? Fan edit I, I, I mean, I kind of like skipped through it to, to check certain things that I was almost positive that they cut out of it. And sure enough, what I the, the two things that I figured were definitely not going to be in a fan edit weren't uh, the scene where he walks into the atomic village <laughs> to test site and the and the monkey swinging scene. Yeah. Now, Did they leave in the I've gopher been... scene in the very, very beginning? Gopher? It's just, or a prairie dog. You know how every Indiana Jones film opens up with a little mountain or a, or a hill or whatever it's from the Paramount uh, symbol, the logo, yeah. and then it fades into the movie? Uh-huh. They had that with a fucking uh, prairie dog, uh, like dirt hill, and then a little fucking CGI prairie dog pops up. Did they keep that? Hmm, I can check that right now. I don't remember. It's I don't literally in the in, in in the very opening of the film, right after the Paramount logo. You know when it comes, uh, when it uh, fades into the screen, yeah. um, and then the stars around it, and and then it fades into the movie. Looks like they uh, kept that. Maybe they they kept. They felt it was necessary because it literally opens the movie. They show it, but does the prairie dog actually pop out of it? Yes. They cut that out. Good. <laughs> it, Good. It it, 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 cha- it changes from the mountain to the hill, and then it kind of the, the dirt kind of like falls away a bit, and then it cuts to the car drag racing through the prairie. Good. 
so they kind of <laughs> go for itself out. I mean, and that's what I like about these fan edits. Like the Bookie Eli, I'm interested in watching. Now, Crystal Skull, I've only watched uh, once. <laughs> once was enough. So yeah. just kind of glancing at it, I didn't really catch anything major, minor. All I caught were the major things. Oh, another thing to cut out when they they drive the boat off the cliff and it lands on the tree. Uh huh. They cut out the whole tree sequence. It just goes off the cliff, and the next thing you know, they're in the water. Oh, okay. Good, because this goofy-ass well, clown shit. Well, you know, well that whole fucking scene is uh, John Hurt saying that, you know, they they go over three fucking waterfalls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, and then they're down again. Oh, and then they're down again. It's like, wait a minute, there's one more. It's okay, like, I all right, it's like yeah. ridiculous after the first one. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's out of there, too. See, that's they go the over three. I have to actually watch the original and then watch this again in order to know. Alien 3 is going to be the same thing. I watched that once and never watched it again. So, uh, no, wait, Alien 3. Which one's Alien 3? That's David Fincher. That's where she's on. Uh, uh, she's in the male, all-male prison. No, that one I saw a couple times. I'd probably be able to catch some things. I liked I liked that to an extent. I liked some of the subject matter. I love the guy with the axe. Yeah. But, like, Book of Eli, I'm really uh, interested in looking at because it looks like they cut out 15 to 20 minutes of the film. So I'm wondering what they cut oh, out. Wow. Uh, the Happening, I'm interested in since I, I have my own 20-minute version of that film I, I edited. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, I'm kinda, I was kind of happy with that. It's still too long. I know it's still too long, but I was trying to keep the, the, the pace of the film as well as everything else. Yeah, but uh, I haven't watched any of those really fully all the way through. But uh, I downloaded that's I a, a Jeepers Creepers fan edit, um, and it was atrocious. Really? And it, I ended up downloading it by accident because I, I actually thought it was the film. I didn't know it was a fan edit because it was poorly labeled. So I start watching it, and they're editing different movies into this one as well. It's not just the film where they edit things out. They actually put scenes from other movies. I'm like, what? And they have scenes from the first film, uh, the first Jeepers Creeper film, from the second Jeepers Creepers film, plus other fucking horror movies. And they just made one other movie with all these different scenes. And they attempted to tie them in. And it was so fucking bad. Now, sometimes that works. I have, uh, I have one thing. It's called... Uh it's called uh, Zombie Consecution. And okay. uh, they have a couple of them because I just downloaded Batman Consecution. And they're shorts that they make their own films out of these movies. And the one I w saw that I liked, actually, was uh, they took Aliens and they cut it with zombie films. So it looked like the, the alien threat wasn't aliens, but was zombies on the planet. Oh. And it's I thought it was done pretty well. I mean, you can tell... It's not like it's like, oh, gee, this is a whole different film. You can tell they cut these scenes in, and sure. and I recognize most of the films that they cut into it. But it was done; it was interesting to see the, the how they cut it out, how they cut it up. I'd be interested in see, in seeing that. Yeah, that's pretty worth it. I haven't watched any of the Batman ones though, so I don't know how good or bad those are. Uh, I just recently tried to rewatch uh, um, Eyes Wide Shut. I got ten minutes into it and realized that this is not the time for me to rewatch that. Yeah, it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie. It's yeah, Q yeah. Kubrick. It was 11.30 at night. I put it on like 10 minutes later. I said, no, this is not a good idea. Yeah. Let's, just, let's, let's just shelve this for later. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I don't think I've really seen anything else. Uh, maybe something on Netflix. I don't recall. 
Uh, that's, the most important part is Only God Forgives. It's it's a must-see, and if you don't like it, call us. We'll do a show just for you, and you can explain why you don't like it, and we'll just embarrass yeah. you. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely going to uh, visit that this probably Saturday while I'm working because uh, uh, you had mentioned to not even bother attempting to watch it with uh, my wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, she, not she, she just will not be into it. Yeah, again, nothing to do with her. Just in general, it, she's not going to like it. I, I think everything that a lot of people complained about, she'll be the same way. It's going to be too boring. It's going to be too long. It's not no, going to happen. When it comes to it like that, even if she's trying to like it, I, I, I just need to watch movies like that alone. Because you I do. can't be can't be sitting there thinking, is she liking this? Because when that happens, this is with anybody. If I'm watching a film and I start thinking, are they liking this? Because I made, you know, because I, I recommended, oh, let's watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Then I start to sit there and not, and I'm not uncomfortable. And I'm just like, I'm not enjoying this as much as I could, because I'm wondering if this other person that I'm watching the film with is not, is not enjoying it, and I know I am. It just it it gets weird in my head, and when it comes to movies like that, I just tend to want to watch them oh. alone. I, I, as we're talking, I just noticed that the end of uh, One for the Money is showing in the background, which means we've talked too much. Yeah. <laughs> it is, we, have, we, have ex- we have almost exceeded the limit of the film. We should shut up now. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and end this thing. Uh, all right, thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode 117 of Movie Sucktastic. Please visit us at our website at moviesucktastic.com. Download all of our episodes there or listen to them for free. Or you can go and watch us live from there or you can go to livestream.com slash moviesucktastic. You can do it there as well. You can go to iTunes and you can download our shows there, leave us reviews. And uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can call our hotline at 908-514-4470. You can email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. And please visit our Tumblr page moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. And share, motherfuckers. Share. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, that's about it for me. Uh, Good night. Words of wisdom? (laughs) Where's the wisdom? wisdom? Give, Give us some. God help you if you use voiceover. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. Bye.